you or someone you love needs help for an addiction, where do you turn? Foundations Recovery Network offers individualized treatment for the whole person. Our goal goes beyond short-term sobriety. We address substance abuse and co-occurring mental health issues together, providing a firm foundation for long-term recovery. The first step is often the hardest, but we're here with a free assessment, insurance information, and treatment options. Our confidential helpline is available 24-7, so call 877-714-1318 and discover the Foundation's Recovery Network difference today. This is Rich Roll, and you're listening to Silver Guy Radio. Yo, what's up? Thank you for tuning in today. Thanks to Humans for bringing us in. Thanks to you for supporting the show. I'm Shane Raymer. You're listening to That Sober Guy Podcast. And today we're talking with my good homie, Philip Wright. Uh, Phil is definitely one of the funniest dudes I know. And he's also a guy with one of the biggest hearts that I know. And he gives a damn good bear hug. That's for sure. Just ask my son, Cash, Phil's little homie. And uh, I'm going to introduce him in just a minute. First, before we do that, uh, please check us out at thatsoberguy.com for past episodes and resources. You can also connect with us on Instagram at Real That Sober Guy and uh, on Twitter at Shane Raymer. Now, if you're listening to this via iTunes, Spotify, any of the other audio podcast platforms, uh, and you want to watch the show live with video, you can go to youtube.com slash that sober guy podcast. You can check the videos out there and make sure you hit the subscribe button button and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, we got the TSG merch store. We got some men's shirts. We got some shirts for the ladies, some hoodies, some coffee mugs. Uh, always good to check those out. Help support us, support your recovery. Get your TSG merch. That's soberguy.com. You can go there and click on the store tab. All right. Philip Wright, the man, the myth, the legend. I'm so pumped to have you on, my brother. What's up? Thank man? you, thank you, man. I'm I'm <laughs> excited. I'm stoked. Uh, yeah, I didn't know I was the bear hug guy, but you know what? I'm you down. For bear hug. Dude, you, you know? give one of the best bear hugs between you, Seth, and then my homie Brandon Stump, who uh, is uh, is the creator of the Ohio House, a bunch of sober living facilities down in Southern California. Uh, great place down there. He is also known for the bear hug. So I think between the three of you guys, you got a good little, good little contest, a good little, uh, good little setup of some massive, warm, welcoming bear hugs. So thank you for that. I know Cash yeah. appreciates it. Appreciate yeah. it. You know, I'm I'm, I'm a hugger. Uh, I got it from my mama, and I just <laughs> yes. hug. I come in for the hug. Yeah. Uh, even though, like, you know, Christian people or even like sobriety, you know, that's funny. That's like. Um, one of the first things that people talk about, like, you know, I'm, I'm not down with this hugging thing. And you know that <laughs> you can hear, I think I heard someone last night in, in, in a meeting, it was talking about, man, when, when uh, it was a testimony, he said, man, when you guys were hugging me, I, I couldn't stand it. But at the same time, it made him feel welcome, right? It made him feel loved. And, and so uh, that's not why I do it, but I do it. And when I hear that, I, I love it. You know, it's like, okay, that, that just keeps me going. I'm, I'm coming in for the hug. There's something, there's something about a hug. I didn't understand the hug either. My family was not regular huggers. I mean, I would definitely say we hugged, you know, we hugged on Christmas and Easter and you know, <laughs> when you see each other, but like, it wasn't ever like a normal thing. So when I went to Jess's family, dude, her family is big time huggers. So I got to give credit where credit's due. Jess really introduced me to the hug and I got to agree 
Um, one of the best things, nothing like a good solid handshake too. You ever shake a hand and it's just like a, a wet, dead, cold fish and just go, oh, those oh, are the worst. Man, that's terrible, dude. Those are gnarly. Yeah. yeah. You just want to punch them in the face after that. <laughs> what does that say about your manhood? If you have a shit, you know, you know, and you got to remember too, there's other cultures, dude. They're, they're not, they don't shake hands like we do. That's a good and, point. And so, you know, you got to take that. That's, that's something I've noticed. People that um, they're from other countries, they're not big shakers, you know. Yeah. They kiss you on the cheek, and they 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 do hugs and stuff. And but um, yeah, I like a good handshake too, you know. I think I'm getting though a little bit weird on like the like the germ phobia thing now too. Maybe it's coming with old age, where it's like you shake hands or whatever, and then I I want to like wash my hands because I don't want to get sick or or get some germs or anything like that too. I don't know. I'm, I think I'm just getting weird, Phil. Yeah, you are. Yeah, I'm weird. You, are, you know, with considering all the things, I mean, that's how I look at it. Like, <laughs> I was just a human trash can, you know, for drugs and anything. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, now I'm worried about off, ain't got nothing on the needles that I used before. You know what I mean? So it's like, ah. yeah, dude. Then, and bro, let me take a sip real quick. Yeah, five minute rule, five minute rule. You know, if it's that's around longer than five minutes, it's okay. You, you'll, you'll survive. <laughs> bro, you have one of the, you know, and I, I've heard, I've heard parts of your story, your testimony. Um, I've, I've heard a lot of great, great, funny stories, which we're going to get into some of those tonight. Um, but dude, you had a long, long run and, um, and you probably shouldn't, you probably, you probably shouldn't have made it through some of the things that you made it through. So, um, you know, maybe we can kind of jump back a little bit. And, um, for those out there who don't know you, maybe we can get to know you a little bit and just m maybe take us back a little bit, uh, when you were a kid, um, and then, you know, what it was like growing up and then how that led to, uh, you know, to, to, to a life of, um, of, uh, on the streets eventually yeah. and addiction. Yeah. Yeah. You know, growing up, I was, uh, come from a family of divorce. Uh, my dad was around till I was eight, you know, and, uh, when my dad was gone, he was gone. You know, we had, um, uh, we had a hard time growing up, you know, got evicted out of apartments, um, you know, having sheriffs come, um, being totally broke. Uh, I remember even having, uh, having a Christmas where, uh, we couldn't even, you know, with my mom, it was, uh, uh, I have a brother, he's two years younger than me. So it's my mom and my brother and I, and uh, I remember being in this apartment in Concord where we were so broke, we couldn't afford a Christmas tree. Um, and so my grandma, she came over, she had like this Christmas decoration. It was like this paper mache tree thing that she put like, uh, on top of, you know, we had this one of those old school stereos. It was looked like a dresser, you know? And, and so, uh, you know, like you open up the yeah. top and there's a turntable in there, you know, oh, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm old guys. I'm, I was born in 70. So yeah, this is, uh, I think this is around 1979, 1980. And so that's, that was our Christmas tree, this little paper decoration that, that was it. And, uh, you, you know, um, we had, we had a hard time. I remember being so, uh, my mom couldn't afford uh, presents. So she got us like one present each. That was it. And we lived in this apartment complex. And I remember getting these knocks on the door, you know, and there's the kids and they're wanting to see what we got for Christmas. And uh, we were so embarrassed, man. We did not even answer the door, you know, and, uh, and man, we were just like, we were, we we're ashamed. I mean, that's how bad it, it was growing up, you know, after the divorce. But um, let me give you the bright side to that story. Uh, we got this one loud knock, you know, and, uh, it was, uh, it was, it wasn't like any of the other knocks. It wasn't the kid knock, you know, 
it was this grown man knock and uh we opened up the door dude and my mom just started crying and so we go to the door and it was a firefighter from the church that uh i guess they knew we were you know we knew we didn't have nothing and man the whole back of his pickup truck was full of toys wow so uh what started off as the worst christmas ended up being like one of the best but um you know, I thought, just you like, gonna say I thought you were going to say it was Santa, but that's even better, man. Just Yeah, yeah you know. Yeah. So, I, no, it wasn't, yeah, we didn't even have a chimney. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't have made it. In. <laughs> we lived in the hood and conquered, man. It was, yeah. uh, it was rough. It was a rough apartment complex. But anyways, you know, so we partied. We partied to, you know, all our friends, you know, everybody smoked. Everybody drank. Everyone's, you know. Uh, everyone, if you had a brother, if you had an older brother, he smoked pot, you know I mean? It was just like this normal thing to smoke pot and drink beer. And that's what it was. That's all I knew growing that's up. That's kind of what you saw growing up all around you. So I mean, that's, that's how you made friends. I mean, that's yeah. who, you know, that's how you fit in, you know, um, we, uh, that's just what we, everybody was doing, you know? Yeah. So that's what the cool kids, at least I thought the cool kids, there were jocks and, you know, there's the different group types, but, uh, I, I just connected with the stoners, man. And we were, uh, we were potheads and, uh, and then, if, you know, that doesn't last for long, you know, that becomes, you know, when you have an addictive personality, that's not enough, you know, you got more, 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 you know? And so next thing you know, you start doing Coke. Next thing you know, we're doing crank, you know? And, how, uh, how old were you at this time? Ah, oh, man, I was 14, Dang. 14 years yeah. old, 14 years old when I first did Coke. It's a young did, mind. Yeah, you know, um, but it was, it was, you know, it's just what we did, you know, it was, that's just, it's just how it was back in the eighties, you know, everybody partied, you know, and, uh, <laughs> it was definitely like the Coke era, the eighties, Miami yeah, Vice. And there was, there yeah. was, you know, then you hear the stories of crack and you're like, man, I'd, I'll never do crack. Yeah. And one of my homies is like, dude, I got some crack, you know, <laughs> All right, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> I swore I'd never do oh, this. Ah, oh, screw it. Let's um, do some. Yeah, you, all the things that you swear you'll never do, you end up doing, you know, and uh, for one reason or the other, you know, because uh, you're just curious, you know, you're like, oh, I'll try it. Yeah, sure. You know, next thing you know, you're smoking crack. And then next thing you know, you're carpet farming for a piece that you might have dropped. <laughs> you know, and it's no, just, wait, watch out, watch out. Look, get, yeah. look. Oh, man. Get the flashlight out. I had a friend. I had a friend. We would get drunk, and usually how it this is how it started out. We'd get drunk, and then once we're drunk, and you know most people would go home and stuff. We would take it to the next level. Hey, yeah. dude, let's go get some coke. Yeah. You know, let's go get some crack. You know, we'd go over the hill. We'd go to Pittsburgh, and uh, man, we'd been. <laughs> I don't know how many times we got ripped off. You know, <laughs> over yeah. there, but uh, you know, it's just one thing leads to another. You know, I was actually. Uh, let me fast forward, you know, I mean, that's just, that's just what it was growing up. You yeah. know, uh, I did get to a point though. I would drink so much by the time I was 21, uh, I actually was sick of drinking and I checked myself into a rehab. Really? I actually, yeah. I mean, I was drinking so much. I was drinking, I'd buy a case of beer a day just to make sure that I have at least a 12 pack for myself. So I knew my friends would want some and I'd get uh, a fifth of Jack Daniels, wow. you know, that was, that's what I drank at 19 years old, 20 years old. It was just, it was brutal. So uh, that's when I first got sober in 92, went into rehab. Man, I felt great, dude. Life was good, but I didn't surrender all of it. You know, I was still smoking weed. You know, I thought alcohol was just my problem. You know, I don't have a problem smoking. 
I just need to quit the drinking because when I start drinking, the next thing you know, <laughs> it's it's one beer, then I'm thinking about the next beer, and then I'm yeah. thinking about a crack pipe, or then I'm thinking about a line, or I'm thinking about something, you know. And so if I just cut out the drinking, I'll be okay. Yeah. So. It's funny. It's funny how alcohol does that too, because I, I never wanted to do Coke really. Well, I can't say never, but it was definitely less that I wanted to, to, to buy Coke or do more drugs when I, when I wasn't drinking. But as yeah. soon as I would start drinking all like, just like you said, one beer and then it's like, boom, well, okay, well I'm definitely having another beer cause who drinks just one beer. And then on top of that, now that little voice starts coming in, man, why don't you hit him up and go, go get a bag real quick, you know? And it just escalates from there. Yeah, man. it does. It does. It does. I mean, and I wasn't a big crackhead, but that was just the kind of stupid stuff that we would do Yeah. You know, when, when we were drinking. Um, so I stayed sober, man. I'm sober. I was sober for four years and eight months. Um, actually, uh, you know, my, I talked about how my dad left early in my life. Well, he came back into my life and, uh, and so we actually had a relationship, you know, and, you know, made amends and stuff. Um, so at this time, you know, I'm living in San Francisco, uh, this is about 96, 96, 97, you know, um, cause I'd been sober for four years and eight months and I relapsed on father's day, mm. you know, um, cause I asked my dad, what do you want to do for father's day? He said, let's just go up the coast and, uh, eat some oysters and uh, drink some beers. I'm like, sounds good. You know, like <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> you know, for some reason I just figured I just thought that, you know, I, I'd been sober long enough. Like maybe I wasn't really this alcoholic or this addict, you know? I and mean, plus it's like my dad too. And I want to connect and let's just, my dad. Yeah. you know, my dad doesn't know the mind of an addict, you know, he's like, look, you can have a beer. There's nothing wrong with drinking a beer, you know, yeah. like it's American, you know, if you don't drink a beer, <laughs> you're not American. You know, have like, a beer and eat a steak and shut your pie. Yeah, shut your pie. Oh, <laughs> damn kids. You know? <laughs> Just, uh, that's how my dad was. He's just really rough around the, you know, construction guy. Super manly man, huh? Manly man, you know? I mean, he can just, he's just, he's very alpha male too. Yeah. So, uh, when he's in the room, man, it's really all about him and pretty much anything he says goes, you know? And, you know, it's funny, man, I'm, I'm going to be 48 this year and I'm still that way around him. You know, if he says, go do that, I'm like, yes, dad, <laughs> you know, Dang. dude, that's, like that's, that's funny. Like how the, um, how we're, con- you know, cause we're, we're conditioned really at a young age to, or, or programmed or whatever word you want to use. Um, and uh, I, like what I've, what I've continued to learn, like is about, it's like unlearning stuff. So like just what you're talking about, like going like that vibe that you get when you go around your pop or whatever, or like the, the programming that we, we automatically go into this mode. And it's like, how do I, instead of learning all this new stuff, how do I unlearn how to not be like that? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's some crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah. It you know, it, here's the thing that's cool now. Now I can set up boundaries. You know, yeah. uh, my dad, I'm, I'm a Jesus guy. Um, I'm all about Jesus. I go to church. I love church. Um, uh, in fact, the sobriety program that I'm a part of is Celebrate Recovery. It's a Christ-centered recovery. You know, we have 12 steps. AA's got 12 steps. You know, it's all 12 steps and whatever works for you, right? But yeah. this is what works for me, man. I, I, I love it. This is the best life that I've ever lived. And, uh, you know, I, I and you know, there was one night where I was at my dad's. And he was, like, bagging on Jesus. He was bagging on religion. And, and you know, it's 
as hard as it was, you know, for me to say, I was like, listen, dude, <laughs> I don't want to go there. You know, let's not, you know, I had to put up some boundaries and, and really, you know, uh, I didn't let them walk all over me, you know, as before yeah. I, I would have, you know, so, yeah. but it's still hard. You're still afraid of like, okay, is he going to kick my ass now that I just said, <laughs> no, okay. Yeah. We're good, you know? But uh, anyway, so I'm in San Francisco and I drink, dude, once I drank that, had that beer, I had that beer up in uh, like a uh, point, uh, half moon Bay. This is no, with, your, so this is with your pop and you guys go out to get oysters. Yeah. And, like, celebrate. yeah on father's day in oh, 96, I could not do that. Drink one pint, one pint. And that was it, man. It just turned on. All I could think about was getting it, getting the hell out of my dad's car, mm. getting home and going into the liquor store across the street from my house. And that was the first thing I did. As soon as my dad dropped me off, I pretended like I went into my house, like looked. He's so, we're so stupid. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, look in, you make sure he goes around the corner like my dad's going to be watching me in his yeah. rear mirror, you know? Yeah. But that's what our mind does, right? Yeah. And so I wait for him to be gone and then I go across the street, you know? And how, long, a, did, how long had it been since you drank at that point? Four years and eight months. Dang, dude. And so one one beer, and you automatically go right back to where you started. And I'm I'm assuming, and you're you're gonna continue on, but it probably got worse. <laughs> Dude, it did, it did. So um, I had a I had I had a uh, I had a union job, I had an apartment. You know, I had a lot of you know I had all the stuff that I, you know I was functioning right. I was just yeah. smoking weed. But now once I started drinking, next thing you know, I started going to clubs in this city. Next thing you know, I'm doing ecstasy. Next thing you know, I'm doing the GHB stuff, the date rape drug. Man, I love that stuff. Uh, snorted heroin. Um, you know, I mean, it was just like anything that came along my way. And that's really when I was introduced to crystal meth, you know. And it was like uh, introduced to me. It's like, oh, this is the purest form. It's clean, you know, like. They really sold me on it. Like, oh, yeah, because I, I don't like crank. You know, I don't like tweakers. You know, <laughs> oh, no, we're just clubbing. And, you know, oh, okay. You know, and uh, that's when I smoked my first, you know, my first bowl of, of meth. And, uh, dude, it was just on from there. And so my life just, you know, you just get one circumstance into the next. Uh, I got kicked out of my apartment. <laughs> I, uh, I slept under a bridge there in San Francisco. That was weird, dude. I, it was, it was raining and this is kind of a funny story. I don't know why I'm sharing it, but, uh, yeah. Share it, baby. Share it. it was raining. It was raining. I find this mattress and I throw this mattress down, but it's like this skanky mattress. Right. So I'm like, I can't sleep on this. So I go get cardboard, man. And I make like this cardboard bed and I fall asleep. Well, when I wake up, dude, I'm like spooning this homeless lady. <laughs> Are you kidding me? bro? I'm like, what the? damn. Um, you know, I'm like, I didn't know what the, you know, it's like, I don't even, like, I, I don't wake her up, right? I'm like sitting on the edge of this yeah. bed, like watching traffic go by, just going like, what's happening to my life right now? And she's like, she's yeah. all pissed off. She's like, get your ass back down here. I'm cold. I'm just like, <laughs> she's like, ran. Damn, you, ran ruined, you ruined her spoon. Dang. Oh, man. Did so, you, it, did you catch it, her name? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. it's just the, you know it's just crazy man all the st all the situations and things you just find yourself in when you're using it you know yeah. stuff that it's just like how the hell you know but yeah um yeah dude so i mean i it went from smoking i mean i was really uh 
was going to clubs, dude. I was, I was really living, uh, it was fun, man. It was, I was selling it. I was getting it cheap and, you know, and that was, so that was in going into my thirties, you know, I was thinking about it the other day, like all of my thirties, man, I was high, man. you know, entire, you know, my thirties. So, well, you know, like I was saying earlier, all the things that you said that you'll never do, you end up doing. Yeah. So I went from smoking it to snorting it. And then uh, eventually I ended up started to, to shoot it up, you know, and that was, did, did you think you had it under control? Like all that, that whole time too, is that the mentality is like, man, I, I got this. Like it ain't, I'm good. You know what I mean? Like, or I guess maybe waking up next to the homeless woman might've been a, and that was literally the beginning of the end, you know, and it just spiraled from, from there, you know, it just, you know, I went from the, having an apartment and stuff in the city to having a roommate and then losing that and then being half sleeping on someone's couch. And then that's like, that's when my couch tour started. You know, I was just sleeping on couches and doing stuff. I mean, my life was, uh, you know, I was just surviving, you know, and that's what I did for a long time, man. I just, I survived, you know, I wasn't prospering at, at no point did I ever think that I had it under control because I, I knew I was out of control. You know, but that's what, you know, when you're in that meth addiction, when you're, when you're totally that addicted, you know, you're just, you get to a point where you're not even getting high anymore. You're just yeah. surviving. You know, I need it to be awake. I need it to function. I needed, I need it to be normal, you know? So when, when did you move into the, to the, to the lady's house? The lady, uh, I can't remember her name now. Oh, Mrs. Copeland. Mrs. Copeland. Did you move into Mrs. Copeland's house? Yeah, around I moved into her garage. I into moved her into, garage. Yeah, I moved into her garage. That was, uh, <laughs> that was, uh, man. So this lady, man, she had 29 cats and three dogs. <laughs> and, uh, man, I, I just, uh, it was my friend. He lived there. That was his mom. And, uh, man, he would steal her car at night. He would go dumpster diving. And uh, he'd come back. Would, he'd drop off the stuff and, in the, uh, there was like a, it was a three car garage. It was in at the end of a court. And uh, I mean, it was just, it was tweaker central, you know? And uh, yeah, you know, just the places that you find yourself in, um, you know, and the things that you see and the things that you do, you know, yeah. uh, cutting along with scissors at four o'clock in the morning, <laughs> trying to help out, you know, <laughs> Mrs. Copeland, I'm mowing your lawn. Yeah. <laughs> mind chipping off 50 bucks off the rent oh man she never paid. oh man she never gave up a buck but she put us to work you know yeah yeah got, that's, that's kind of it's kind of funny too like here's this lady you know and like you, you guys kind of help out around the house and you help her and stuff you kind of probably keep an eye on her and stuff too and at the same time you're just living your life and you know it's one it's it's kind of one one big somewhat happy family in a sense right yeah, to an extent. yeah, and twenty nine cats and three dogs. dogs, three dogs. You know, it was uh, it was an experience, man. It was, um, you know, how how do you find these places? You know, they just, and I'm sure that's not the only place that's like that. But uh, yeah. yeah, that was. Uh, oh, now I remember. It's all coming back to me. You, you know how I ended up there? I actually tried to get sober. Like I came, I came to Vacaville, and I tried to live with my mom. And, but my mom knew that I was still using and still in a bad place. So she's like, yeah, Philip, um, you know, you can't stay here. You know, our, my sister's going to graduate high school and we just think it's best that I don't live there. Dude, I was like so upset. Yeah. I'm just like, mom, I'm trying to clean up. Uh, she's like, well, you've made your choices. You know, and that was like the first time, like I had to, you know, own up to the decisions 
right? Facing the choices that I've made in life, you know, and I was just like, oh yeah, well, I'm going to get more high and I'm just going to do this. And, you know, I just, I, I, think, there. I think, I think that's a good point real quick um, that you bring up is um, the justification that we can use in order to get high or to continue living that lifestyle. So I had a, I had a homie recently I, I talked with and a couple of things stood out to me when he was talking about how, um, you know, he would get in a fight with his, with his lady or whatever, and then use that as an excuse to go out and get high. You know what I mean? Yeah. So similar type of thing you're talking about. And that's a, that's a really like, I know I did that for a long time until I kind of went, wait a minute, like it ain't her. It's not him. It's not them. It's actually me. Like, wow. Yeah. Imagine yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, let me, uh, so 10 years later, dude, I find myself in Pittsburgh and uh, I'm living in the back of a motel. Actually, well, actually like five years. I lived in this hotel for five years in Pittsburgh. And that was, dude, I, I was a tweaker on a bicycle. Man, I had nothing, you know. Uh, my hustle was, uh, you know, I had some software that would crack passwords, you know. So uh, local dope dealers, man, I just, you give me st uh, a stolen laptop, I'd crack the passwords for them. And then, you know, that was my hustle. I'd fix computers. You know, that was it smoke dope fix computers you know tweak all night long doing it you know so <laughs> that was that was what i i had and uh dude i just got to this point where it's like dude i can't live like this anymore you know i i gotta change so i called my mom if i would have called my mom and told her hey mom i'm on drugs can i come live with you so yeah. i can get off them she would have said no way you know so i actually had to trick my mom i'm like hey mom uh, i got some laundry can uh, can i come up and do some laundry can you come pick me up so, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. When do you want me to pick you up? I'm just like, you know, I'm thinking in my mind as soon as possible. I'm just like, uh, just, just pick me up tomorrow. You know, like, okay. <laughs> and, uh, it's like, I knew then I was never going to do it, man. And it was like, I, uh, dude, I snorted a couple of lines. I smoked a big old rock, man. I was going to make sure that I got as high as I can. So it would last as long as it could. Cause I knew that I was never going to get high again. Damn. So, I told my mom I was just going to do laundry, but really I had all my stuff, man. I, I had, um, I had two baskets of clothes, you know, and, uh, it was just, you know, plus my other stuff was in there, you know? So it's like, Hey, my mom's like, how much laundry do you have? I'm like, Oh, it's been piling up for a little while, mom. You know? <laughs> and, uh, and that was it. Then on the way, on the way to her house, I told her, listen, I'm on drugs and I need to get off drug. I need to clean up, hmm. you know? She's like, okay, well, if you're going to stay, you're going to have to go to church. And uh, this was on a Friday. So when I, as soon as I got to my mom's, it's crazy, dude. I mean, I did enough stuff to keep me up for at least a weekend. But I got to my mom's, I passed out. Passed out. Woke up. I woke up a couple times. She was praying over me. And then uh, when I, I woke up in the, dude, I woke up in the morning, you know, totally sober, totally normal, no come down, no, no, you know, I wasn't still high. I wasn't any of that, you know, and it was, it was tripping me out. I'm like, why am I feeling like this? You know, I, you know, I, I didn't know what was going on. Right. And, um, and so now it's Saturday. I'm like, okay, we're ready for church. I'm like, okay, let's go. You know? And, uh, you know, when I, when I walked into church, man, I just, I felt a presence that I've never felt before, you know? And, uh, it, it, it made me shake. I, I was literally, my hands were shaking. I didn't know what was going on, you know, but at that moment I knew that it was going to be my moment. I knew something was going to happen. I just wasn't sure what, yeah. You know, and uh, I don't even remember what the message was about, but I, I just remember at the end, 
you know, and uh, Pastor Dave says, you know, if this is your moment, you know, everyone's head bowed, you know, if this is your moment, I want you to look up at me and, and you know, wave at me. And, dude, I was like, <laughs> me, you know, I was just like, oh, man, it was just like such a weight lifted off of me, you know, like. I, it, it's unexplainable, man. It was just, I, yeah, I was just like, yeah. And they're like, okay, if you made that prayer, if you raised your hand, come down here in the front and everyone can go. Dude, I like ran down front, you know, and uh, I remember uh, this couple, they were um, Keith and Roselle, Keith and Roselle Danielson. Uh, yeah, they just spoke at, at CR recently. They did right? speak at yeah, CR, man. And they were the, they're all, hey, Philip, what's going on? I'm like, <laughs> I couldn't even talk, dude. You know, I'm like, how do we get, <laughs> I raised my hand, you know, and they, they just like, okay, awesome. Welcome home. Welcome home, man. You we feel like you just like dumped 20 years of like drug. Yeah, man, I was just like, I felt so free and just felt like, oh my God, I've never, you know, how come I've never felt this before? You know, because I grew up around church. You know, my mom's been going to church since I was a kid. Uh, like I said, like the firefighter, he was from our church. Dude, I hated church. Yeah. You know, it, to me, being a Christian was, you know, they're hypocrites. Uh, they just want your money, a bunch of legalism, you know, a bunch of, you know, just uh, do's and don'ts. You know, hell's hot and it's getting hotter. And if you don't repent, well, you, you know, you're going to burn in hell and, you know, <laughs> memorize your scriptures. None of all this stuff, you know, and I'm going to have to wear khaki pants and a button up shirt. I'm going to go have to knock on doors and a little short time Bibles. Excuse me, brother. Have you heard the good word? You know, like, man, you know, and it was, that's what I, that was my vision of church. You know, I think that's a common perspective too, for a lot of people, you know, yeah. unfortunately there, there's a bit of a stigma to it. And, um, I think that's the difference between religion and, and having a relationship with God. Yeah. Yeah, it is. You know, uh, like the Catholic church, you go to the Catholic, you know, stand, sit, stand, you're doing a, a religious act, you know, uh, none of that's in the Bible. It doesn't say to do that. You know, I go, I went, I went to a, a Catholic service. I'm like, where the hell am I? What Dude, am I doing? I couldn't keep up, you know, there's so much stuff, you know, and and knowing what I know now, that's just, that's just a bunch of religion, you know, and man, God is awesome, you know, so, you know, uh, like I said, you know, the, you know, I went to, it's funny, man, I I tried going to some different churches, you know, when I was, um, when I was still high, I'd go to churches to get free food, you know, yeah. And so, yeah, I went to some, uh, I went to some black Baptist churches there. There's some early ghost, hanky waving, amen, hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, let's go, brother. Dude, the the Baptist church is right on the corner here by our house, man. And they, man, they rock out on Sundays, man. Yeah, yeah, they're like, yeah, "Yeah, Jesus, you know, you're just like. (laughs) I love it too, man, because all all the, uh, um, all the people that go, man, they just come dressed to a T, too. Like, they look so, oh, man, they're looking legit. Looking, they got yeah. five-star, top-notch, <laughs> you name it. Dude. Yep. Yeah. Always super cool. With the Joneses, for sure. You know, they're looking good. But, um, you know, that's what I thought church was. Yeah. You know, and for the first time, I actually had an encounter. I actually had an experience, right? And so it was so, it was so freeing, man. It was so uplifting and you know i mean it was just all these things you know that the main thing it was just the freedom just the yeah. the weight that was lifted off of me you know and so 
you know, looking, you know, knowing what I know now that, you know, when I woke up, you know, God had delivered me from my meth addiction. You know, I, I don't, I've never had the desire to ever go back. You know, I, I don't struggle with that desire to get high again. You know, I, I'm not saying I, I don't have struggles now, but you know, it, it's not that it's not that, you know, and I'm, I thank God every day for that, for delivering me, you know? And so, that's that's how it was for me. I had an encounter with God, and he he rocked me. You know, he rocked my life. You know, um, you know. But then there we are. Yeah. There's, now, now what? Now what? <laughs> so I had this awesome experience, and now I'm not doing drugs. I think I just picked my nose on. on that's cool, I, dude. I pick my nose on here all the time, bro. J- join so, the club. So good, you know. <laughs> hey, you can be like, man, dude. Okay, I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt really fast here. Dude, yeah. I've been finding boogers. All around the house, bro. I've been finding them on the carpet. I've been finding them on the walls. I even found three boogers, one bloody booger, lined up on the on the on the passenger side uh, re- uh, armrest in, in the in the uh, car. And I said, "What is this, dude?" And this dude, this dude, just picking his nose and just wiping them everywhere like it's a contest or something, man. Yeah. I said, "Bro, I go, you're gonna pick your nose, and because I'll catch him picking his nose now. I go, you're gonna, you're gonna pick your nose. You either eat it or go get a tissue, please. Okay, you, you need to do one, but please don't wipe it all over the house, dude. Yeah. What it's like to be four, right? Just wipe my boogers everywhere. Raising boys. He's in boy. <laughs> so I had to get, I had to get that off my chest real quick. Sorry. You know, yeah. you flicked a booger. Come on, you bro, know. bro. I still roll boogers. What a hypocrite I am too. I don't eat them or wipe them on my uh, on my carpet or anything. But yes, there's nothing like rolling up a good booger and flicking that bad boy across the room. You have to. You know, it's just yeah. part of being uh, a, part of being a, a man. It is, it is. <laughs> so, thing. So what yeah. next, man? So so you go through all this stuff, man. You get saved, and then you're right. It's like, wow, I had this powerful experience like I've never felt before. And then like, now what? You know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah, you still have you still have the mentality, right? I still have Phil, who's forty. You know, I'm forty years old at this time, and um, I'm forty years old, and I still got the last fourteen years of my life. You know of me being in my being addicted, you know, having that mentality and having, you know, living life on the streets, surviving, you know, yeah. sleeping on people's couches, you know, and then that stuff, it, it carries with you, you know, and that's what you need the program for today. You know, that's what you need the steps for. So you can have the tools so you can work on your character defects, you know, because, um, you know, all the addiction stuff, you know, those are, those were side effects of what was really going on. You know, yeah. I was doing drugs and drinking, because I wanted to be accepted, right? When my dad left, I felt rejected, right? So here I am, I'm rejected. I didn't know. I mean, I knew I, my dad left, you know, excuse me. I never thought it was my fault, but the rejection was so strong on me. Like yeah. I didn't think that I can be normal. I didn't think that I can have friends. So I thought that I had to do these things for friends. You know, oh, if I smoke weed, you know, if I drink beer and barf it up, you know, everyone loves me. You know, I'm the yeah. guy, you know, drink the beer as fast as you can, smoke as much weed as you can. And, yeah. you know, I did that all for acceptance, right? Yeah. The cool kids, you know, and nobody accepts you more than anybody than an addict, right? You know, misery loves company. You know, that's yeah. why it's so easy to fit in with a bunch of drunks, oh, yeah. with, the, with the stoners, you know. So that's what I did. Did you, know? you ever do a strikeout? What's a strikeout? It's where you, um, let's see, you you take a bong rip, and then you shotgun a beer, and then take a shot, and then blow the smoke out. Strikeout. 
<laughs> yeah, we need to call it that, though. It, it may have had a different name, but I just pictured you rocking one of those. Rails, man. We did. Wow, we drank, dude. We were eating, eating dope, man. We, uh, you know, it's like I put, put it in a tissue called tissue bombs. You know, you put it in the tissue and you eat it. You know, and I forgot that I ate it. Now I was wondering. Yeah. Oh, wow. All right. Good. How's it going? Hey. Good day. Right. <laughs> oh, have a nice day. Yes, sir. Hello. Hey. You know, I'm like, oh, I feel so good. Oh, yeah. I got out to crank in my mouth. But anyways, so here we are. <laughs> that is so crazy, bro. Just, I mean, the mentality, right? Yeah. You know, you just do stuff. So, yeah. So, dude, I'm in, so now I'm moving to my mom's house. And, uh, you know, the one thing I was still, you know, still smoking cigarettes. Man, I love smoking uh, filters, non-filters, hundreds, shorts, menthol, non-menthol. You know, it, it didn't matter what it was. You know, uh, in fact, my favorite cigarettes were OPs. You know, mm. other people's. <laughs> they taste the best. Your smokes will taste much better than mine every time. Oh yeah. So I love smoking, man. And so, um, so I, I don't know if I've ever told you the story or not, but uh, so my mom, she lived two doors down from Pastor Dave, right? And so I'm outside smoking. And uh, I think I'd been saved for like two weeks, maybe, maybe two weeks, you know. And uh, so I'm outside smoking. I see Pastor Dave, he's leaving. And uh, I, I'm waving, hey, Pastor Dave. Hey, <laughs> you know. And he's like doing something with his hair and he waves. And I, you know, I'm like, <laughs> bro. You thought he flipped you off. Bro, you just flipped me off? What the, dude, I'm, man, I'm chain smoking. I'm like, maybe he's going to come back. You know, I'm, dude, I'm ready, man. I'm ready to throw down. I'm all that mother, dude. <laughs> the pastor just flipped me off. What's up? The pastor of a 3,000, 6,000, however many people, you know, I don't care who the, you know, I don't care who this guy thinks he is. Yeah. Dude, you flip me off, dude. I'm going to beat your ass. Right? You disrespect me. Man, you know, like my feelings got hurt, really. Yeah. Right? That's when we get angry the most, right? When our feelings get hurt, but we're too for sure. you know, we're too tough to admit that we have feelings. But and we're yeah. all broke and soft inside, really deep down. Feelings, you know. But so that's how I'm gonna act out, right? You hurt my you know, I'm like, hey, you hurt my feelings. You know, that's it. I'm beating your ass, you know, and I'm just like, I'm gonna kick Dave's ass. That's what's gonna happen. And so I'm outside, I'm waiting for him to come home. Probably an hour go by, and I'm still pissed. I'm still doing it. You know, I'm, this is going to happen. This is going to really happen. I'm going to kick Pastor Dave's ass when he comes home because he flipped me off. You know, <laughs> he ain't going to disrespect me. I don't know who the hell he thinks he is. My parents come home, and uh, my mom, it's mom and Ray. My stepdad's always been Ray. It's uh, never called him dad. It's always mom and Ray. So yeah. mom and Ray come home. Hey, Phil, what's going on? I'm like, I'm waiting for that Pastor Dave dude to get home. They're like, Oh, what, why would, what, what's going on? You know, <laughs> they could just, they just knew by, you know, you had the look at the look, you know, I'm, I'm just waiting for that fast Dave, you know, like, well, well, why, well, what's going on? Tell us, you know, I'm like, he flipped me off, you know, and I'm going to kick his ass when he gets home. And they're like, whoa, 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 right, fill up, fill up, fill up, come in the house, come in the house. You know, I'm like, no, no, I'm waiting for, I don't want to miss him. You know, <laughs> like come in the house, you know, they're like, and Ray's like, fill up, fill up. He's the pastor of a church. He's a pastor. I don't think he flipped you off. That's it's yeah. not the kind of guy he is. I'm like, you know, I'm like, I know what I saw. <laughs> he flipped me off. You know, <laughs> just like, oh, 
And I believed it, you yeah. know, I was believing it, you know, I just had this, you know, well, I don't care what you say. I'm going to kick his ass anyways, you know. <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> oh, so man. Funny, I just look at you. I was such an idiot, man. It's just such a retard, you know. But that was where my mind was at, right? Yeah. Respect. And don't disrespect me. And, you know, you got to fight for what you have. And, you know, that's just, oh, man, it's horrible. It's funny because you like you think that that's like at the time that like we you know we kind of talked earlier about like the mentality thing, like at the time you think that is like that you're a mature man like you're being manly or whatever but at the same time it's the complete opposite it's such like an immature way of thinking and like totally insecure and not strong and broken and that's a trip. has Pastor Dave heard this story by the way. I did I did tell him the story. Oh, I would have loved to hear his. Dude, he laughed so hard. He goes, that would have been fun. You know, and of course, you know, Dave's tough. He's like, you know, yeah. you, you would have died trying. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. On my side. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, actually, so living next door to him, I actually developed a really good relationship with him. Um, I needed cigarette money. So um, I, I see there's, he had some weeds in front of his house, right? They had like rocks or whatever. And uh, so I go there, I start pulling weeds. I'm like, I know if I pull, you know, if I do some yard work, they're going to give me some cigarette money, you know? So I pull some yards and knock on the door. I'm like, hey, just uh, pull all the weeds in yards. Can I get some, you know, some cigarette money? You know, like, like I thought that was a cool thing to do, you know, like <laughs> a brilliant idea. You know? yeah. And so uh, Pastor Don was like, sure, here, you know, we got some more weeds in the back. If you want to tr- give it, give those a shot, you know? So I go in the backyard, dude, and the weeds are like, as tall as I am, you know, I'm six foot one, you know, the weeds are up there. I'm like, okay, yeah. so I go, I buy me a pack of cigarettes. I grab my stepdad's weed whacker and I'm in, this, I'm in Dave's backyard. Just whacking away, dude. It's just, I don't know. Let's buy you a carton of cigarettes, huh? Dude, in 10 degrees out, you know, I'm out there just, so I'm like, I'm, I'm taking a break. I'm smoking and Dave comes home and he's like, who the hell is in my backyard? Yeah. You know? And, uh, and he saw it was me. He's all Phil. He's like, what are you doing? I'm, I'm cutting your weeds, dude. He's like, so I actually ended up getting a nickname from him. He called me Phil the Weed Man. <laughs> <laughs> Phil the Weed Man. You know, and it's funny because he even said in church, you know, we call him Phil Weed Man. Not, not because he gets the good stuff, but because he mowed a bunch of weeds in my backyard. Yeah. But uh, it's just cool, man, how God puts people in your life, you know. Um, you know, Dave wouldn't have picked me out of a brochure like, hey, I want this guy to be my friend. You know, we just ended up becoming friends. You know, he uh, gave me rights to church. And, um, you know, one of the cool things, man, when you're, you know, it, it's hard starting your life over when you're 40. Right. You know, um, one of the things is, you know, dude, I didn't have a job. I didn't have a bank account. I didn't have a car. I didn't have a driver's license. I mean, I didn't have nothing. I mean, I had nothing. I just had that basket of clothes, yeah. you know, and so I had this radical experience with God. And, uh, man, I'm looking for work. I can't find any work uh, anywhere. Uh, but the church was hiring uh, a janitor. So I got a job at the church as a janitor. And, uh, you know, that doesn't sound like much. But for me, it, it was everything. It was everything. Because, you know, they gave me keys. I called it they gave me keys to the kingdom, you know. So I had keys to all the church vehicles, the entire church. You know, I took care of the church, man. It was It was like the first time I was trusted again, you know. It's like man, I, I'm being, you know, I got, they trust me, you know, at first I'm thinking like, don't they know who I am? You know, like, <laughs> yeah, they only do. dude, I could rip off everything here, you know, and sell it. But you know, I, I, I didn't, you know, I mean, that's not, 
because I knew, I knew that this time was different. I knew that I, you know, I had my, the, the experience and, you know, as God, it's funny, man, is you don't realize how much you lose in an addiction till God starts restoring it. Mm. Like I lost things that I didn't even know that I lost, you know, like in, integrity. I didn't know I didn't have any, any integrity till I got it back. Like, shoot, I can't even spell integrity, <laughs> you know, but I'm, I'm trusted again. You know, um, they gave me, you know, next, you know, I'm leading small groups. Um, I, uh, I'm getting, you know, I got involved with sober recovery, you know, just all the things, man. It was just, it was just, it was cool. I was doing adopt a block. I was a block leader. I was driving the vans around, you know, God restored all these things in my life, you know, and it was, it all started off with a simple job as being a janitor. Yeah. You know? Well, I, and I think, I mean, you, you bring up a really good thing of service right there, the service work, no matter what program anyone is in, generally it comes back to service work and, you know, yeah. doing things for other people, helping other people, like you said, showing up, being there, um, small groups, uh, CR, whatever it is, you're showing up and you're giving back and you're, you're feeling like you have a purpose, like you're contributing and it helps excuse me, it helps to build back up that self-esteem. And so one thing too, it doesn't happen overnight. Like we're still going through this, you know, I, you know, I don't want to say struggle, but some days are a struggle. I mean, we all go through things that some, some days are better than others, man. And, and it's, it's constant work. You know what I'm saying? And I want to say too, man, you're, you're such a good leader, bro. At CR, like I, I, we didn't, I didn't mention this earlier, but you lead, we're in a, we're in a step study group right now. We just met earlier tonight, actually, before we recorded this and you know, you and Bill, um, two great leaders in the group and you've continued to do that and continue to serve and give back to these other men out there who are coming in broken and, and watching them grow and be built up. And so I just want to say thank you for that. Number one. And um, it's just really awesome to be a part of it, dude. So thank you again. Yeah. Glad to have you there. Yeah. You know, it, it's, see, here's what happened to me, man. So like pastor Dave, the church, God, you know, somebody believed in me, you know, and, and, and so, I've never had anybody believe in me before. I've never had anybody trust me before. And so I, I've learned like, I, I learned early in my recovery that, you know, God doesn't show up in a limousine, you know, roll up the window. Hey, come on, man. It's your turn. <laughs> oh yeah. He, he just, he doesn't show up that way. You know, he uses people, people who are, who, who are being obedient. You know, they hear his voice, you know, uh, you know, like when we're feeding homeless people, when we're feeding, you know, we're being the hands and feet of Jesus, you know, when we're serving, you know, when we're welcoming, you know, you never know what your smile is going to do for somebody that's walking through those doors at the first time. Right. And, and sometimes that's the, the hardest thing to do is just to walk in the doors, you know, and, uh, and they'd have to build up courage. I've heard story after story of how people sat in the parking lot and drove away, you know, they had to build up the courage to come inside you know, but then when they get welcomed, it's like, wow, you know, I feel so, I feel like I belong here. You know, everyone's so cool. And, you know, it's because, right, we, we build up these, these scenarios in our mind, you know, how things are going to go down and, you know, it's going to suck or people are going to judge me or no one's going to understand me. You know, it's going to be a bunch of women. There's going to be no guys or no guys, no girls, you know, I mean, we have all these pre, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you know, just these assumptions of what things are going to be like. Right. And, and they're not. So when I had that opportunity to greet, to greet, to lead, to pray for somebody, 
bro, I couldn't pray for dinner when I got here. <laughs> you know, I couldn't. I was like, God, you know, Philip, can you pray? I'm like, yeah, uh, God is good. God is, you say we all eat, you know. <laughs> that was it. You know? That's all I got, God. That's it. Yeah, man. That you, know? For now. you know, when you're, you're going to church and, you know, you're in your recovery, you want to learn how to pray, right? Right? That's, you know, they say, hey, pray more. Okay, well, how do you pray? You know, I don't know. You know, you start listening to other people pray. You know, it's like, okay. You know, and, th- and that's what somebody told me, man. Uh, this guy, Gary King, he's like, yeah, man, it's like a salad bar, dude. You know, just pick what you want and leave the rest. You know, you hear what that guy's got. You know, you catch some, get some, a few buzzwords or whatever that you can relate to, right? You don't want to just be making up words, but you want something that really speaks to your heart, yeah. you know, and you pray your prayer. But here's the cool thing about prayer. It's yeah, the power, the power is not in the prayer. The power is in the one who hears it, Right. Yeah. Amen. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Let me get an amen. I love it. Amen to that. So God knows our heart, you know, and, and so it's, you know, he's not, oh man, I just thought of a scripture and I just lost it, but you know, it's God knows our heart, you know, he's going to, you know, God will give us the desires of our heart, you know, and we're, and we're to pray for everything, you know? And so it just takes time, man. It just takes time. Keep coming back. You know, they say, keep coming back. You know, and that's what I did. Um, I just kept showing up, dude, when the doors were open yeah. every time, I didn't care what kind of meeting it was. I would go to it. If there's something I could serve, uh, I started, I was ushering and, uh, man, that was fun. That was a trip collecting offering, you know, and I'm like, dang, they're trusting me with all this. You know, I remember telling the lead usher, I'm like, you know, I was in, you know, <laughs> I look back to some of the stories I used to tell these Christians, man. I'm surprised they even let me do anything in this <laughs> in this church. But that's what's cool. Remember, we're talking about the the preconceived uh, notions of church and how we thought it was. Dude, it's nothing like that, man. You know, it's, that church is actually fun. It's well, I, yeah, I, I find I find too. There's a lot of assumptions about it, and a lot of the time, um, if if I've asked people, well, have, have you ever been? Well, no. <laughs> well, how no. do you know? Like what? You're, well, someone told me. Well, it's like, well, okay. Why don't you maybe go try it out? You know what I'm saying? And, and see, see what you think yourself. You know, I think that's a good approach. It was, for me, it is the best choice that I've ever made. Yeah. Best. Uh, not once, not once have I ever regretted going to church. Not one moment, not one instant, not one circumstance. Even when people, you know, uh, piss you off and step on, you know, because here's the thing, you know, when you're even when you're when you're leading and you're a part of ministry, or when you're uh, just attending, you know, people are people. You know, we do it for the people, but the thing that that makes it suck are the people. You know, because there's some weird people. <laughs> you know, not everybody's all good and awesome, and you know, we got some jacked up people in our church. You know, we got some jacked up people in our program. You know, we're jacked up out there, and we come in here, we're just as jacked up. You know, and well, yeah. I think I think that's I think that's such a good thing though too, because that I think that's what keeps a lot of people out is is not giving it a chance because thinking that man, if I the people that are in church or in you know what whatever it is, whatever religion, whatever it doesn't really matter, but. Like whatever it is, they're perfect. They got all their stuff together. They think that they're better. They think it's like, no, 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 you're missing the point. It's the complete opposite. Like we're all jacked up. And that's why we're all coming here is because 
we're trying to work on self and get better and learn, you know what I'm saying? And, and, right. and build that relationship with God. And um, I just, it took me, it took me a while to, to really grasp that concept. And once I kind of put my guard down and, and said, okay, wait a minute, it's not like that. Like I'm, I'm jacked up and I'm still working on things and I'm going to continue to do that. That's why I keep showing up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and they don't care. I mean, the pastors have tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, uh, lead Pastor Dave, he had an addiction, you know, he yeah. was jacked up on drugs, everybody. Yeah. And that's what's really cool about this church, man. There's no, I don't feel any judgment. I don't, I don't see people judging other people, you know. Um, it's just everyone, they just want to see you succeed. So, you know? Phil, that, what, what do you say to somebody who, who has an has a issue with church? Or what would you say, or what have you said, or like, what's your take on that? Obviously, in, let's just, if we're just speaking of the recovery community in general, so whether it's not, whether it's CR, or AA, or NA, I'm just saying as a whole group, just the recovery community, there's a lot of uh, stigma behind God, you know, behind, um, behind church, behind religion, all that stuff. And I'm not saying um, one is right, one is wrong, different things work for different people. I don't really care what you do. I know what I do works for me. And that's, that's what I'm saying. And, and for you, I'm sure the same thing. Um, but like, what's your take on, on somebody who, um, you know, who, who is really anti God? Cause I get those emails sometimes too. Well, I don't like how, when you talk about God so much. Well, it's like, I'm not throwing it on you. I'm not telling you how you should do or what you shouldn't do or how you should live your life. I'm just sharing what worked for me. Do you, do you ever experience that with someone coming into a program or in recovery, like where it's, it's super anti God and like, what is your take on that? I, mean, I know that's kind of a crazy question, but I mean, yeah. well, I mean, I think it's real. I think people that are anti God are people that haven't had an experience with God or, or maybe a bad, you know, experience. you know, some traumatic happening, you know, why was I molested? You know, why did this happen? Why did my mom die? You know, my mom died, you know, my mom just died recently in July, you know, and um, she was, she was at my house the night before we were watching TV. The next day she calls me, she thought she had food poisoning. The next phone call I got two hours later, she was getting taken away in an ambulance. Four hours later, she died. You know, why did my mom have to die? You know, and so I could shake my fist at God, you know, I could shake my fist at all kinds of stuff. Right. But yeah. She just died, you know, it doesn't mean that God did it or God allowed it or God, you know, I mean, I, I think that yeah. people put those, you know, look at all the hunger, look at all this and that that's happening. You can't tell me there is a God. Well, you know, it's like, I know there's a God because I had an experience with God, hmm. you know, and I think the people that, that hate church, you know, so what would I say? I think your first question was, what would I say to somebody that doesn't like church? Well, I think that you haven't been to the right church yet, <laughs> you know, because there's a lot of jacked up churches. There's a lot of jacked up people. There are people that just want your money, but, you know, uh, so there's, you know, you learn some words, you learn some things, becoming a Christian. There is no anointing. There is no Holy Spirit. There is no, you know, there, there's no favor. You know, there's no blessing. There's places that do not have the blessing of God, you know, because they're not putting God first. You know, I know in my life and my finances, you know, they, oh, you man, you tithe. Yeah, I, I do. I, I give them the first and the best, you know, because God gave his first and only son to me for me. You know, he died on the cross. That's what I believe. I believe Jesus died on the cross for me to save me, you know. And, and so, um, 
it, it's just, you know, one of the scriptures in, in, in the Bible that talks about this is the only thing that you can test God on is like with your money, you know? So people get really hung up with money, you know, and, you know, he says tithe and watch, I will double it. I will, I will, you know, what, what you give comes back to you, you know, but you know, you, God wants a cheerful giver, you know? And so we tithe and we're blessed, you know, yeah. my wife and I, we tithe, we're blessed. Um, I'm part of a church. That's awesome. I've been in some jacked up churches and I've been uh, the victim of, of some, some messed up stuff in churches too, you know? And, and so it's, I know that it's, it's people, it's the people that are jacked up. It's the people that hurt people, you know, it's not God hurting people. So, yeah. you know, um, I don't know. You know, I believe everyone's got the right to believe in whatever God they want to believe in or, you know, but you know, my God is faithful. You know, my God, you know, he's, he hasn't let me down. You know, like I said, you know, I'm, I'm living the best life that I've ever lived. Yeah. Right so, and that, so talk, so let's kind of move into that, man, before, before we, we kind of go on the, on the, uh, on the tail end of this conversation, like what is life like today, man? I know you've you've hit on a couple things already, but I know you, you've really had some amazing things happen, man. You found your beautiful wife, Charlotte. Um, you know, I know that's that's been a huge um a huge turning point and huge moment in your life. Um, and some other things have 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 happened with work and with leadership and, and leading other men and that stuff. So I mean, what what's life like today, Phil? Dude. Uh so like I said, man, I've I've uh got into sober recovery. Um, I ended up, um, we have multiple campuses. We have a Napa campus. You know, there's a father's house, East Bay, father's house, Napa, father's house, Roseville, father's house, San Francisco, father's, you know, the church has grown. Yeah. And uh, uh, in Napa, they wanted to celebrate recovery. So I actually went out there and started a step study and raised up a bunch of leaders. And we got a, got a, uh, we have a CR out there now, you know, and it's yeah. running strong. There's 50 to 75 people on every Monday night. You know, and it's just, you know, I never thought that I could do anything like that. And here I am, I go out and I, I started a ministry and raised up some people and left it out. You know, it's, you know, when I walked in these doors, you know, I, I couldn't look at anybody in the eye and, you know, now people look up to me, you know, it, it, it's a trip, you know, it, it's, it blows my mind to think that I could, I would have never thought if you would have told me the things that I'm doing now, I wouldn't have believed you hmm. at all, at all, you know, um, so yeah, I met my wife here in church. Uh, totally, um, <laughs> it was so awesome, dude. Uh, they actually let me propose to my wife in church. I was there. Jess and I were there. That's right. You were there, and funny. All the pastors were like, "Are you sure she's gonna say yes?" <laughs> That's an important question. I think so. I hope so. <laughs> you know, and, and you know, we did. You know, I've lived. You know, since I came to church, dude, I, I've lived my life. I'm an open book. I live out loud, you know, uh, I'm not afraid to tell people I'm a Jesus guy, you know, all the things that he's done. You want prayer, man, I'll pray for you. Uh, if you want prayer in church, you want prayer uh, over the phone, through a text, you know, in the supermarket, you know, in the express lane, in Costco, I don't care. I'm going to pray for you, you know, and uh, so I know prayer works and, and I know how encouraging it is. Um, so I'm a prayer guy now. You know, I never thought that I would be a prayer guy. You know, I pray every day. Um, yeah in the morning with my wife, you know, and, you know, doing that with, with my marriage, man, it's just, I, I, I think, I think just being, being saved and having a relationship with Christ and being in church and involved in church has helped me to be a better husband. 
you know, learning how to put things in place, you know, um, so I met my wife, uh, dude, I have a house, you know, I got a job that I didn't even, I was praying for a job because when we first got married, I was driving Uber, you know, yeah, I remember that. that's all commission, dude. It's just man, long hours driving out into San Francisco. The only way to make money in the Ubers in San Francisco. So unless you like driving out in San Francisco every day, you know, it's, it's not a cool gig. Bro, I would drive, I would drive my car off the pier into the water. I think if I had to, it was just, yeah, <laughs> I wanted to sometimes I, I did. I did. Met some cool people though. Saw a lot of cool things, but still that doesn't make up for it. But you know, I was praying for a job, you know, it was actually when I, I was tithing, I'm tithing money that, you know, it's like, man, we're on a really low budget. And, uh, and we were coming out of, uh, we were doing the 21 day fast. And that was one of the things I was fasting, um, which is something I never thought that I would ever do is yeah. fast. Like, what the heck is that? You know, like, the, only time you, the only time you fast is when you're on dope, man. Cause you don't want to eat. <laughs> you know, I fast when I go to bed and I wake up the fast is over. It's <laughs> <laughs> time to eat. Yeah. And it's time for break fast, you know, <laughs> anyways, um, you know, I got a phone call. I got a phone call from a company that I used to work for. They're like, hey, we have a supervisor position for you. Are you interested? I'm like, well, let me think about it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, God gave me a job. You know, when can you start? You know, I'm now, uh, I'm a leader. So I'm a leader at CR. We lead, um, we're not leading any small groups right now. We're kind of taking a break from that. You know, so we're just attending. You know, you got to learn to have balance in your life. But I'm actually leading a missions trip to the Philippines. Yeah, that's right. Well, you're going back. So this is your second trip, right? This is my second trip. Yeah. And so I was able to, on my last trip, I was able to go into the, uh, the Bahal District Jail. Dude, they line up, man. They call out. They blow their whistle. Everyone goes in their cells, and they come out, and then I got to speak to them. And then they all sing this song to welcome me. That's so and crazy. Then in the, yeah, and then uh, I got to share my testimony. Nice. and. Dude, you know, I asked everyone, you got, if you want to, you know, if you want to get saved, man, raise your, they all raised their hands. And then, uh, then they wanted me to sign their Bibles. I'm like, I didn't write the Bible. <laughs> you know, like, just so, I just think it was just so weird. But this guy, he goes, he goes, I, I want to remember every time I open my Bible, I want to remember your story and how it inspires me. And I'm just like, dude, I'm in tears, man. I'm like signing it, you know? So I'm just writing encouraging words, but you know, I was just a tweaker on a bicycle, man. I had a basket of clothes with nothing, you know? And now, like I said, I'm living the best life that I've ever lived. You know, I go to church. I love it. I get to serve. I love it. You know, the more you serve, you actually think that you're out there helping them. You're actually helping yourself. You know, you get more out of it than they do. You know, it's just, it's, it's humbling. Uh, it just wrecks you, man. It, it wrecks you. You know, it, it does. It's awesome. That that's that saying, right? Uh, to keep it, you got to give it away. I always love that one, man. You do, uh, you do. You know, don't just you know. It's not sobriety is not a spectator sport. Yeah. You no, know? uh, you don't just sit back and 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 watch things happen, man. You gotta you gotta get into your books. You know, you gotta do your homework, man. You gotta serve. You know, you gotta you gotta fill up all that time. You know, you think about all the energy and all the things when you're using. You know, or even just drinking, you know, how much, you know, you would, you made time for drinking, you know, you made time to get high, you know, you made, that was your number one priority. And, that, and that's how you have to treat your sobriety too. Yeah. You know, shoot, if you can just do a quarter of what you put into getting high, man, you, you'll make it, you'll do all right. You know, for Anna, sure. read your Bible, shoot, you know, 
you read your Bible, you know more than half the people that are even going to church. You know, it's just <laughs> it's funny, man. But you you when you start reading the stories and they start making sense to you, you know, you start to relate to them. You know, uh, it's just it's cool, man. I just I never thought that I would like the Bible or I'd like yeah. stories in the Bible. So I know I'm all over the place sharing all this stuff. No, you're that. good, man. You're good. I I. Be, before I forget, I wanted to give an official, uh, official shout out to our, to our step study group. Uh, just, you know, I thought that it's such a cool group, man. I know I mentioned it earlier, man. Just appreciate you and Bill leading it. And, uh, just wanted to say what's up to those guys in case they tune into this, man. It's good. You remember everyone's name? Uh, man, I don't even want to go around the horn. Oh, you go ahead, man. Go ahead. Do it, man. We got big Jake, right? Yeah. Uh, we got big Jake. We'll just do first names. Big Jake, yeah. Shane. Big Kev, yep. right? Doug, Doug wants a hug, man. <laughs> Doug, Hugo, Doug's this older guy, and he's just awesome, man. He's, yeah. you know, and, and that's what's cool, man. Is we just get to love on people, you know, and and he gets to feel a part, man. He's a part of something now, and 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 that's how I feel now that I'm, you know, it's like I'm a part of something that I've never been a part of before, you For know. Sure. I have a purpose in my life, you know, and, and I know what that is. Okay, and then we got we got Brian. We yeah. got uh, Hugo, yeah. and we got um, Jason. Jason, oh yeah, Jason's good. He's a good dude. He's Joe, seeing him change, yeah, Joe. Remember, I didn't think Joe would last the first week, yeah. you know? and he's still making. He's still going, you know. And that's the thing, man. You, you can't judge a book by its cover, you know. And, and like you said, you know, oh, see, there's a church guy judging people. Well, you know, you just see, you know, you just see guys, and it's like I'm thinking, man, you know we give them the benefit of the doubt for sure. And we're going to believe the best for him. But in your mind, you're like, I've seen guys like this come and go. And this is one of the guys he's going to come and go. You know? well, I think that's good though. Like it, we're human. That's the thing. Like, yeah, you know, we go to church, you know, we work a, a, a program, celebrate recovery, but like we're human, like we're flawed human beings. Like, and that's just the way like, I'm, yeah, I'm not, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not always on my best. That's for sure. You know, I, I try, but. Yeah, you know, you just want to, we want to be better than, you know, I'm much better than I was when I first walked in these doors. Yeah, for sure. Have I arrived? No. Um, you know, it, it's a journey, you know, the road, to re, it, they call it the road to recovery. It's a road, man. And we're, we're going down that road and some of that road's got twists and turns and, you know, it's not, it's not just smooth sailing, you know, there, there's, yeah. don't you think you have arrived and I've seen it, man. I, I've seen it where guys, they, they come in, their marriage is on the rocks and, you know, they, they clean up, you know, and their lives get, you know, they get their marriage back together and they think they're fixed, you know, and then they go back to doing the same thing that they were doing before and everything falls apart on them, you know, and it's, it's sad. But once you think that, once you think you've arrived or once you think you're fixed, man, that's just, that's, Bro, a, that's a huge red flag. I was just going to say a huge red flag. Yeah. Cause I know it's like, as soon as I think like I, it's happened a couple of times, like where, I'm like, oh, man, I got this. I'm cool. And thank God I didn't go back to drinking or doing drugs or anything again. But, like, my attitude, it, they say that, too. Like, the, the relapse happens way before you take your first drink or whatever, you know. And so I've been on that path a couple times, like, thinking, oh, I'm, I'm good. And then it's like, yep. no, no, yep. all that stuff starts coming up, man. So you got to be vigilant. <clears throat> Who else? Did we forget anybody else? We said Kevin. Did we say Kevin? Bill? Paul. Paul. I'd love some Paul. Yeah, I, I just think of Paul. He's like the Marlboro man. <laughs> <laughs> He's got what I gotta have. I want to have Paul do some voiceovers actually for uh, that for man, man. Oh yeah, 
That's a, that's a manly, raspy voice right there, for sure. Baritone. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. That's good stuff, man. It is. It's awesome group, man. And thanks for letting me share tonight. I mean, I'm sorry I'm all over the place. Oh, dude, you did great, bro. Did great. You know, my message is, is, you know, it's, God is good. You know, my life is good. You know, even though, like I said, I lost my mom, you know, my mom prayed me in, you know, I wouldn't be the man I am today without my mom, you know? And, uh, and so that was one of the other thing I forgot to mention too, like, had I been using still my mom passed, you know, I wouldn't have been there for my mom. I wouldn't have been there. Uh, and you know, she was, my mom went through another divorce, uh, over the last four years of her life. Right. Uh, she was single again, you know, so I was actually, you know, my mom was somebody who I was able to go to when I needed things and I needed help. Right. I needed counseling. Well, at my, at this stage of my mom's life, I was able to be there for her. You know, she was able to lean on me. I was able to give back to her, you know, and if I wasn't sober, I, you know, I wouldn't have been that, yeah. you know? So I'm, I'm thankful for that time. You know, I'm thankful for that. And then when she passed, bro, I, I've never, the, just the love and the generosity of people is so overwhelming, you know, on Facebook story after story, after story, after story of, you know, of how my mom, not just people saying, Hey, sorry for your loss, but actually saying like when they met my mom, what circumstance they were going through, how my mom prayed over that and how they got through the other side and how my mom encouraged them. Right. And so that's like a legacy for me. Like, you know what, I'm going to believe in people. You know, that's what my mom did. You know, uh, she hung out in Starbucks and uh, they actually made this memorial for her in Starbucks. She sat in this one chair every day, you know, she drank her tea and she would pray for people that wanted prayer. You know, she yes. talked to people. I mean, everybody knew who she was. And, uh, dude, people started putting up all these letters of, we're going to miss you, mom. My mom loved owls. They put an owl picture there. They just totally memorialized the whole corner of Starbucks for like a week. I remember was, seeing the picture. It was amazing. It was amazing, you know. And just so just the love of people, the generosity. Like, I can't, if I walk in that Starbucks, I can't pay for a drink. Everybody's buying my drink there because yeah. of how much my mom meant to them. You know, people brought food to my house for two weeks, lunch and dinner every day for two weeks. I had to tell them to stop. It started feeling weird. Like <laughs> I, I feel like I'm taking advantage of them. Like, no, 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 it's cool. Do you want some money? No, no, I'm okay. Really? You know, but, yeah, but I'll know, take but, some lasagna next Monday if you'd like, and don't forget the garlic bread. Right. Awesome. Uh, we had everything. It was leftovers for days, you know, <laughs> but that's what that's from the, that's the church family, right? That's the body of Christ. Those are the people that, you know, these people, you know, they, they love on you. They're there for you. They got your back, you know, and it, it's just, man, I don't know what to say. I, don't even I love it, dude. No, I love it, man. I'm, I'm so, um, I'm so happy, man, that you came on tonight and, uh, I know it's late. We're both tired. We both had long days, but I'm glad that we decided to, uh, to jump on and, and have the conversation tonight. I appreciate you, man. It's, it's really been great to, uh, to get to know you a bit more. Um, you know, our wives are friends now and they're working together a little bit in their own step study. Uh, 
yeah, it's just, it's been really, really cool, man. And, and I hope uh, to, to watch uh, our friendship and stuff continue to grow and recovery and, and personal stuff and all that, man. Um, if, uh, if anybody want, I don't know, it's up to you if you wanted to do this too. If anybody wanted to reach out to you, did you want to drop an email address, a, a Instagram, um, handle or Twitter handle? I don't know. Um, yeah. My email is Philip W 2011 at Gmail. Um, I don't know if you can post it. It's Philip with two yeah. L, but that's, that's when I got sober. You know, that's when, uh, my life changed was 2011. So Philip W 2011 at Gmail. And then, uh, I'm on Facebook, Philip Wright. Uh, my Instagram is underscore Philip underscore W. Yeah, you know, or they can reach out to you and, and you know, yep. I'm open for any questions, feedback. You can tell me how much you think God sucks. <laughs> I'll take it all, you know. Uh, hey, you never know. We get some, we get some crazy shit sometimes. You, know, you have a voice and opinion, man. If, if you want to share it with me, I, I'm willing to listen to it, you know. I love and, it. Yeah. And that's just where I'm at today. You know, it's just like, it's not my way or the highway. And you know, that one narrow minded mentality of, you know, if you're not doing what I'm doing, well then F you and I'm going to, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, that's not pe people don't, people don't react to that attitude very well, you know? No, but yeah. people get so aggressive with their opinions and things. It's just, uh, it's funny. No, it's awesome. Do, man. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, good stuff, yeah. man. M much love, brother. I I, uh, I appreciate you. Thank you again. Yeah. Uh, check us out at thatsoberguy.com. Uh, you can go there for resources. You got past podcast episodes. Um, if you want to buy uh, uh, tickets for any live shows coming up, uh, you can go there and do that too. Uh, connect with us on Instagram, at realthatsoberguy, and at Shane Raymer on Twitter. Uh, much love. I love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for all the support. Uh, peace, love, and respect, and keep your blood clean.